Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. Well, can we give it up for Allie today? That's awesome. Well, hey, we are so glad to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. I know it's a full room, but here's the good news. Next week, we launch two services, so we're excited about that. If you're with us online, thank you for joining us today. We love you. We're thankful for you as well. Um, If you haven't kind of picked up on the tone this morning, we're wading into some deeper waters today. And uh, God has just kind of brought some details together that uh, we've been praying through for quite some time to uh, be able to launch into a new ministry and to just kind of kind of share some hope with uh, with you today, hopefully with you online and, and hopefully with uh, the rest of the state of Alaska. And so I just want you to know if you came here today looking for hope, you found it. Okay, and uh, we're going to keep bringing it back to Jesus. Jesus is our hope. I just promise you uh, that he's exactly what you're looking for. And so uh, before we get too much into uh, the the conversation here today, uh, we're going to talk pretty openly and honestly about mental health. Uh, We're going to talk about suicide a little bit. And so uh, I've kind of rated today a PG-13 sermon. Uh, And and so I don't don't know if that's the best way to put it, but essentially this, this is is your trigger warning. So um, if you have a family member who has been um, affected by suicide, or if you personally have been as well, and and you're just not ready for a conversation open and honest about that, uh, you can feel free to step out, get some coffee. Uh, If you're online, flip over to a different uh, channel at this point, whatever you need to do. But um, this is just kind of your fair warning that we're just going to talk really openly about these topics. Um, I think church should be the first place that we get very honest with one another. And so that's what we want to do. That's the environment we want to create. And so uh, that's just for you, however you want to uh, move forward in that today, if you're ready for that conversation. Or if you have little ones in the room and you're not ready to broach that topic, uh, feel free to check them into ACF Kids. But uh, we are in a series called Never Alone. And the conversation has been about the reality that although sometimes we feel alone, we are never truly alone as we walk faithfully with God. And so each week has been building on the previous week this, this case that Jesus is always with us. He's always by our side. He's always engaged with us. He's never a distant father that's, that's not informed or, or isn't involved with our lives. He is deeply invested in every moment of your life, from your joy to your sorrow, from success to failure. Jesus is always involved, he's always engaged, and he always has your best interest in mind, no matter what your circumstances look like. And so we're continuing that conversation today in the conversation about what it's like to be alone without hope. Can we just a show of hands, has anybody here felt hopeless before? Just be honest in the room. So just look around, look around, keep your hands up. So if you feel hopeless today, you're not alone. You know that you're in a room full of people who have found themselves in places where they feel very hopeless, or even today they feel very, very hopeless. And so we're going to talk about that honestly today. Also, you're going to see the tank on the stage here. Um, We're going to offer an opportunity to get baptized during worship at the end of this service. And so, yeah, we're super excited about that. And, and here's the deal. If, uh, if you've never been baptized, I want you to just listen to God. As, as we're speaking during the message here today, if he says get up and get baptized, I want you to consider doing it. Uh, we'll talk more about that at the end, but I just wanted to give you kind of a, a chance to consider that as we're talking here today, that today may be your day that you go public with your faith and you say, hey, I'm not ashamed of the God that is not ashamed of me. And so uh, that's what we're here to do. Um, and so we're going to, I just want to open us up with this conversation about being in the dark. Um, one of my favorite memes that somebody sent me at one point was this picture of like a, a son holding a flashlight for his dad. And it just said this, you can't offend me. I've held the flashlight for dad. And if you're a child who's ever done this, you know what that's about, right? Because like you hold the flashlight, it's never in the right spot, right? So he's always like grabbing it. Finally, he grabs it and tries to do the cheek thing and like do the project, right? And so I, I know I've been there. Maybe you've been there. And the tendency is that 
As somebody's working, you're, at first you're shining the light where they need it, but then your, your eyes kind of wander and you get a little, little distracted and, and you want to look at something else. Before you know it, the light's in the wrong place, right? And so you're not even paying attention to what they're trying to do. You're just kind of looking at other stuff and it's, it's frustrating. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about is how Jesus says this. He says, I am the light of the world. And that those who are in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, okay? So, so there's this idea that when we're in Jesus, that there is no darkness, that there is no hopelessness, that when we actually believe the truth of Jesus, that it actually sets us free and shines light on all of the, the, the dark places of our lives, and there's this moment uh, I was reading this week in Luke chapter 24 where the disciples were in probably the darkest moment of their entire lives. They'd followed this rabbi. They'd given up everything so that they could, they could be a disciple of Jesus. And so they had invested everything into this man who, who they believed would, would potentially set them free, would potentially be the Messiah. And then he goes to the cross. He's crucified. They end up fleeing for their lives And they're walking down this road talking about this whole thing that had gone on. This man that claimed to be the Messiah was crucified on a cross. Clearly, he must have been a liar. Clearly, what they believed in wasn't true at all. And as they're walking down this road, they're confronted by this random man who comes up to them. And and, and this is the conversation, Luke 24, verse 19. And he said to them, what things? In reference to what they're talking about. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty indeed, in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was more. He was the God of Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones! And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So this random man that comes up to them on the road to Emmaus was no random man. It was Jesus himself, the resurrected Christ. And he explains to them, hey, this had to happen. This hopeless moment that you find yourself in was actually the moment that would lead to your hopefulness. And I just want you to know today, wherever you find yourself at, that, that, that God does his best work in the dark. He really does. He does his best, his deepest work in our souls in those dark moments. And sometimes those hopeless moments actually lead to our holiness. And, and they're what God uses to, to change us, to challenge us, to encourage us, and to bring us into the light of Christ. And so we're going to have an honest conversation up here. I actually want to introduce a, a friend of mine. Her name's Tammy. And uh, Tammy graduated in uh, 2005 with um, her master's in uh, family uh, therapy. And then she actually moved down to the Aleutian Islands to uh, do therapy there and to be a counselor to people in a very dark place, if you've ever been down to the Aleutian Islands. And then I think for about the last 10 years, she's worked with the U.S. Army being a therapist there as well. And so I want you to welcome up my favorite therapy, uh, Uh, Tammy Ryan. Give her a hand today. I think so. Can you guys hear me? Well, that's good. I think I did that. <laughs> Is it working now? Hey! Why do you guys let me talk for so long without the mic working? Oh, man. It's like when somebody has something in their teeth and you just let them keep doing it. 
Why do you do that to me? Anyway, all right, thank you. Next time, just throw something at me, all right? Brian, the mic's not working. All right, so uh, Tammy, once again, is a therapist. She uh, works here locally, and she's one of our family members at ACF and a friend of ours. And so, Tammy, here's my question for you. Um, What has it been like to be a therapist in 2020 leading into 2021? Like, do you need some therapy? Maybe we should (laughs) flip the roles here. What's it been like for you? Um... I'm, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. It's been really challenging. Sure. Um, I think our profession is one that's a challenge um, regardless of uh, the time of year and circumstances. And just like you didn't learn how to be a pastor during a pandemic, none of us learned how to be pro- behavioral health providers during a pandemic. So um, there's been a lot of change, a lot of um, just trying to figure it out, just like the church has been. Um, but we've also seen this incredibly um, high increase in need. Um, so we've started to see that we've just had people kind of flooding in, um, not just on base, but in the civilian sector as well. There's, we just can't keep up, basically, at this point, and um, it's really been quite challenging. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I can imagine, and I know, as I've seen you recently, I've just been like, can I pray for you? Yes. You look a little stressed. <laughs> it's been, the workload has, has gone up. So what, what has your caseload, what's happened to your caseload lately? Yeah, so um, personally, my caseload is, I mean, it's just, it, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just really, it's a lot higher than it's typically. Um, so we have just been trying to manage our soldiers who are really struggling with um, depression and suicide and anxiety, um, and just trying to do the best we can can. Um, but again, it kind of just continues to increase. So, um, that's just been a huge challenge. There's just no way to kind of get on the backside of it. And what we know is that this time of year in Alaska, we start to kind of kick up again. So I, I, right. I affectionately refer to this time as silly season. Silly season. Um, Here we go. Because people just get silly. Um, but we just, I think we all just get a little stir crazy right about February, March timeframe. And uh, the the people that we are seeing, there's an increase in DUIs and suicidal thinking and depression and relationship problems. It just all kind of starts to skyrocket. And so last year, we were just on the far side of silly season when COVID kicked off. And right. so we just have not let off the gas. So our caseloads are reflecting that. So. Yeah, and this has always amazed me. And uh, just interesting, as you look at the chart of the number of suicides in Alaska, it, it goes up into April. Isn't April yes. the highest month for Absolutely. suicide? Which so, doesn't make sense to me, right? Isn't that like spring's here, you know, like the snow's melting off, we're coming into the summer? Yeah. So it's, it's a common misconception. It's kind of this urban legend that rates of suicide increase around the holidays. Um, and that's actually not true. Um, the highest rates of suicide um, nationwide are in the spring. So April, May, and June. June are the times that we see the suicide rates across the nation increase. But in February and March, specifically in Alaska, we start to see that kick up, like I was talking about. So that that kind of thought process of, you know, Christmas time and Thanksgiving as, you know, being a higher rates of suicide, that's actually a not true. Why, why do you think that is? Like, why would it go up in the spring? So it goes up in the spring. I, I think it's because you're on the far side of holidays and there's nothing coming. I mean, let's face it, guys. February in Alaska, right? Like, there's nothing, right? Like, we, we, we are longing for spring. Even I, who sure. absolutely love snow, we're longing for spring, right? The rest of the lower 48 is starting to melt off and we've got another eight weeks of this. So um, there's just nothing there. And so the things that people are thinking about wanting to do, so the times that they're thinking about killing themselves, they don't really have the energy for it. But as we get into spring and things get lighter out and there gets to be a little bit more energy, people have the ability to act on the things that they've been thinking about doing. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is how, like, in the holidays, uh, you've got a, all kinds of fun things that you're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And even the problems in your life, you, you, you tend to think that maybe it's just the darkness in Alaska, right? right? It's like, okay, it's difficult, it's dark, I know it's going to get better. And then when the sunshine starts coming and spring shows up, and you're still the same person, yes. and your problems are still the same, yeah. that it feels pretty hopeless. Yeah. You know, you can start to deal with that then. Absolutely. And so I can imagine that being the case. Um, what are just, have you seen some statistics that have changed other things just over the past um, year? Like, what are the statistics of suicide 
um, so we know that nationwide. it's increasing. Sure. Um, suicide statistics, excuse me, are typically um, compiled about two years after. So unfortunately, about 2022 is what we're going to see as being, we're going to get the real picture on sure. this, um, the solid numbers um, that we'll see. Um, but I can tell you anecdotally, it's definitely climbing. Yeah. Um, we've seen it just on base. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a rough year. It's been yeah. a rough year in that way, um, both Air Force and Army. So obviously I work for the Army, but I know that the Air Force um, is also seeing the same things as we are. So um, hard statistics, it's hard to tell specifically, but I, I mean, I can tell you that it's, it's going up and yeah. we're seeing it. And so this conversation, I don't know if you're like, man, checking out for a second because yeah. you've never felt this before, but you know, why, why should people listen to this conversation? Yeah. So I think it's really important that we recognize what mental health concerns are about, okay? So if you look around this room, what we know is that statistically, one in four people have a mental health concern at some time in their life. So take a look around the room, okay? Count four people, and that fourth person is going to have some sort of mental health challenge. So roughly, pre-COVID, ACF, I think I'm going to lowball it, but about 1,000 people coming through the doors of ACF um, in a week. That is 250 people in our congregation alone that are going to struggle with a mental health concern. So the reality is, is you know somebody. Yeah. Okay, it's a family member, it's it. a friend, it's a coworker, it's that person at the checkout. Okay, like you know somebody. So don't check out on the conversation. Mm. Take this information and use it for other people's benefit. You might never be depressed. You might never have a suicidal thought. And if that is the case, I am really happy for you, okay? But the likelihood of somebody that you know struggling with that is very, very high, okay? So that's kind of the first group. The second group of folks, um, you know, we're kind of talking to are people who are sitting there and going, oh no, you know, she's getting a little close to home. <laughs> you know, she's, she's sitting on things and I'm really uncomfortable about it. And so what I want you to do is, as we're talking through this, take some notes. You know, you guys got that note papers. You know, you got your phones. Pull them out. Take some notes, okay? Write these things down and take it to your medical provider. Take it to a mental health provider and be like, hey, they were talking about this on Sunday, and there's, there's some things that sound a little bit familiar here to me, and sure. I need to talk about it. So the point of today is education. So I'm not going to sit up here, and I'm not going to tell you what kind of treatment to do or anything along that lines. It's about educating you on mental health. Um, and you know, this is where I get to do my little disclaimer and say, I'm up here talking for myself. I'm not representing the army or any other institution organization. I'm not recommending any kind of treatment or anything. I'm here to educate you so that you can take this information and use it for yourself and for the betterment of other people around you. So that's why you don't check out. The other, the other thing that just popped in my mind is, um, you know, like when it comes to mental health, this isn't something churches tend to talk about. No. You don't see conversations like this. And don't we just need Jesus, Tammy? Yes. <laughs> like, we why do we so need to talk about, you just need to pray more, you just yes. need another scripture, right? So, yeah. um, uh, why would we even have this conversation? That is, that is probably my number one pet peeve Did as I a just therapist. touch a nerve? You just okay. hit it, like, okay. you know, the button, right? I'm just going to launch like a rocket now. Um, yeah, Jesus is amazing, obviously. I love Jesus. I've loved Jesus for many years. But Jesus isn't going to change a biological issue that you've got going on, Okay. Right. Yes, prayer is important. Sure. Community is important. Coming to church and worship and all the things that we do. But it's not going to change a biological challenge that you've got going on. Right. So some of us get our, our chemicals in our brain. They come naturally. And others of us have to buy them from a pharmacy. Okay. And so we would never look at somebody who is, like, say, diabetic and say, oh, don't take your insulin. You just need to pray more. Right. You just need to read your Bible more and have more faith. We look at them and go, oh, my goodness, well, that's going to kill would. them. Some, some people, people would. Right? Some people would. Right. And it kills people. Right. right? <laughs> right. It absolutely. We don't want to kill we people. We don't want to kill people. And so that. when we look at people and say, don't take your medication, you just need to pray more, it's killing people. Right. Right. And. I'll step off my soapbox no, that's here. Good. So, you know, I mean, but so that's it. Jesus can heal. And yes. certainly some of you have seen this. We just heard Allie's story. Through the truth of Jesus, her whole mindset changed. We believe that with, with our whole yes. hearts and that God can heal those things. Absolutely. Uh, but we also believe that God's given us tools to use and minds and a community to gather around each other so that we can be healed as well. And yes. so it's really cool how God invites us into the healing, that he invites us together. Like you get to hold the flashlight for somebody else once in a while. 
And so that's just, I want you to have that image in your mind that like if it's not you today, that maybe God is going to use you. He could, he could miraculously heal that person, but God wants to use you to hold the flashlight, yeah. to show them Jesus. What a, what a privilege that is Absolutely. to get to do that. Um, so let's talk about depression for a minute. What is depression? Yeah. Um, so there's several different types of depression, um, but at its basis, it is a mental health concern that people struggle with that impacts mood and their interest in doing things um, over a course of a period of time, all right? So two weeks um, is what we're looking at as far as a minimum, okay? And how it impacts a person is in many different ways. Their school life, their home, um, work, and it just, na- it just really makes them struggle in engaging in those things. And so that's kind of the general definition of depression. And right. there's multiple types of depression. We were talking about this, you know. Um, so you have what we classically think of as depression, um, which is called major depressive disorder, okay? And um, in that you can have, so if you have kind of, we refer to it as baseline or neutral, you know, you have somebody that kind of just dips a little low, okay, and then comes back up or maybe really low and comes back up, but they always come back to that baseline place, Okay, and so that is a picture of major depression, um, and you can have that occur one time, or it can happen multiple times. And so one would be a single episode, another would be recurrent. And then there's different levels of severity of depression. You have people who where it's just kind of mild. So we're going to talk about symptoms here in a second, um, and you know they only have a few of them, and they're not as bad, they're struggling with them. Um, and then you have kind of the severe side. Um, and our diagnostic manual, the DSM-5, says moderate is in between mild and severe. So they leave us a lot of room there for sure, that. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what major depression looks like. But then there's also others that I think a lot of people don't realize. And one of them, seasonal affective disorder, which happens for a lot of people. Anybody got the happy light? Happy you just lights. put that on happy the desk. Yeah. yeah, love that happy light. light. Um, So that happens for people. um, A lot of times it's in the winter. Some people, it happens actually in the summer. So it just depends on the seasons for people. We see it a lot in Alaska because it is so dark sometimes. Um, And then, you know, there's postpartum depression. So for women, after they've had the birth of a child, um, women who have never experienced depression before can slip into this depressive state, and it's a very big challenge. Um, And then the last one I kind of just wanted to highlight for a second is what's called dysthymia. Um, and or persistent depressive disorder. And so, again, kind of back to that baseline place. People, they dip down, but they never come back to baseline. So for two years, they kind of hang out in this depressive state. And so these people tend to be very high-functioning. Um, these are your coworkers that you just would never kind of realize, this family members that you look at and go, what in the world? Like, I would never have seen that they were depressed. But sure. these people, it is a very, very challenging thing. Yeah. So, I mean, what we want to do for a minute is just help you with, for yourself and maybe with the people that you know and love, um, how do we start to diagnose this? How do we start to notice it? What are some symptoms of this? Because everybody's been bummed out, right? Yeah. I've had bummed out days. Maybe you're bummed out today. That's, it's different, right? And so how do yeah. we know that we've started wandering into this depressive state that's getting more dangerous? Yeah. So... We're going to, can we just go ahead and put up the, yeah, the list of um, symptoms. So this comes straight from our diagnostic manual. Um, So you're going to see some really fun therapy words. We'll cover them here in a second. Um, But the first one is depressed mood. So again, we're looking at a, a, a span of time longer than two weeks, okay? So this isn't just something that's like a day or two, but this is a two-week span of time at minimum, okay? So depressed mood, this is kind of what it sounds like, but it also can look like irritability, and frustration. So that typically comes in men. So not always, um, but typically we see this kind of irritability, this kind of just easily frustrated and kind of set off. Um, but that's what the depressed mood looks like. And then the second one, diminished interest and loss of pleasure and activities. What are the things you like to do? Okay. So if you are a super housekeeper and you love to clean your house all the time and all of a sudden your dishes are piling up and you haven't done laundry for two weeks, three weeks, that's something to pay attention to. Or if there's hobbies that you really like engaging in, like turning wrenches on a car and you know, doing things like that, and you just all of a sudden stop, sure. that, that would kind of signify some of that. Um, weight loss and weight gain or appetite. So again, this is kind of where you either stop eating. So you go from a place where you're just not eating at all or very little, or it can be the flip side where you're just 
totally thrown down on the nachos. Okay, so it's kind of like <laughs> it can kind of look either way. Or it could be COVID nineteen. Or it could be COVID nineteen. Yeah. So right. Yeah. So <laughs> throw on the COVID nineteen. Um, and same thing with sleep. It can kind of go on either side, right? So you have people who they just will not get out of bed. They're just sleeping all the time, or people who are just sitting there counting this, you know, the little bumps on the ceiling because they can't sleep. So it's kind of this back and forth. So it's these extremes. And so what you're looking for is kind of what is your norm, okay? What is your normal? If you always have kind of had a big appetite and you just kind of stop eating, something to think about. If you're a solid sleeper and you're getting like two hours of sleep a night, again, these are things to be thinking about. Um, And then, okay, everybody, this is your therapy phrase for the day. I'm very excited about this one. So, yeah. Say it, go ahead. Yeah, it's called psychomotor agitation. Or I think we all need to say that. Ready? One, two, three. Psychomotor <laughs> agitation. You are brilliant. I'm now. so proud of you guys. I've got yeah. your master's in family therapy. Look at you guys go. Well done. Um, so there's this, this thing that happens where you start to just kind of wiggle. All right, so right about now, there's a wife that's reaching over to their husband's leg and being like, stop it, right? So it's this sense of like, I can't stop moving. I just have to always kind of be like fidgety. Um, and then the opposite of that is psychomotor retardation. And I like to think of this as jello walking. So it's like you're walking through a vat of jello and your emotions are just really slow. And you, other people can see it or notice it, but you definitely notice it. Um, and there, it's, it's a very weird sensation um, when it happens when people t- describe it to me. So there's your therapy phrases for the day. Um, so psychomotor yeah. agitation and retardation, these are also some symptoms. So if we can go to the next one. Fatigue and loss of energy. So again, this is where we're looking for outside of your norm, okay? COVID sucked the life out of a lot of us in a lot of ways, right? Like, sure. you got people who are It's like, teaching. I'm all of these. What does it mean? Like, Wait a second. I'm everything. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. um, but you know, you have, you know, you have parents who are teaching their kids and trying to work from home and all the things, right? So this is, again, outside that norm of just so fatigued. You've got a solid eight hours of sleep, and it's like you never even closed your eyes. Um, the feelings of worthlessness and guilt. And these are kind of fall in the lines of what we like to think of as inappropriate. So you're feeling worthless and guilt for no reason. Okay. Sure. So it's not like I stole something from Fred's and I feel guilty. It's I feel guilty about things that I have no reason to be feeling guilty about. And then this, the next one is this inability to concentrate and focus. Um, so this would look like you're reading a book or you're watching TV and you just kind of read the same paragraph over and over again and it doesn't stick. Um, or you're watching a TV program and you have no idea what it is you just watched and you have to rewind it. So what's important in this, I want to pause for a second and just say, as you're writing these things down or thinking about these things, it's important to take this information back to your doctor because... This ability to not think and concentrate actually falls, the symptom falls under four different mental health concerns, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and ADHD, okay? So I cannot count the number of times I've had soldiers who've walked into my office and said, I need to be put on an ADHD medication. I have ADHD. I can't concentrate. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk this through for a second. And really what it is is they're depressed or they're anxious. So that's where this information, if you, WebMD it, guys, no. Like, take this information and go to your medical provider because we're the people who... It's always cancer, right? It's always. always, My nose is running. It's got cancer. Everything's cancer on WebMD. So this is is really important to take this information back to people like me who've kind of studied this and can say, no, no, that's not ADHD. You're actually depressed. Sure, Okay. Um, and then the last one I think is probably the one that most people recognize is these reoccurrent thoughts of death. Now, this doesn't have to mean that you have thoughts about wanting to kill yourself. Okay. It can be that you have thoughts of what it would be like if you were dead or what would other people think and feel about you if you were dead. So it doesn't have to be the, I wish I was dead. I'm going to kill myself type of thoughts. It can be this, I wish I would just wouldn't wake up. And the, The thing I hear very often with soldiers when I look at them and say, you know, I think what's going on with you is that you're depressed. They'll say, but I've never thought about killing myself. And I'm like, great. That's fantastic. I hope that never happens. You're still depressed. Because what we think is in order to be depressed, you must be suicidal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this, it's one of nine. All right. And so for a diagnosis of major depression, there needs to be five consistently for a two weeks span of time. It doesn't have to include this last one. 
So that hopefully that gives you a sense of like either I know somebody or for me personally I've got you know three of the nine or all of them and you're kind of freaking out but yeah. and that's Deep okay we, we we're moving forward in this um, yeah. together. So where does this come from? What sets this off in yeah. people's lives? Because you might not have always been this way. Yeah. So. So it can come from a couple different things. Um, there is a genetic component. So just like things like cancer and heart disease run in families, so do mental health concerns. So there can be a genetic biological component to it. And, um, you know, so if you have a family history of anxiety or depression, it can come from that. It can be situational, um, something like a pandemic might set this off, okay? Um, like, I don't know about you, but there were some really challenging days in there. So that can start it, and then it just kind of gets a foothold. It could be both, okay? So I've definitely seen where we have people who are walking in our office where there's a circumstance that's gone on, and it's kind of started this thing going, and then we start looking at it and like, oh, your mom, your dad, your sister, your second cousin, they all have a diagnosis of depression. Now we can kind of see it. So it's not just circumstantial. It's not just biological. It can be a combination of of the two. Sure. So I want to talk just for a minute because you, uh, and one of the reasons I wanted Tammy to share is, Tammy, you have a unique perspective yeah. on both the therapy side of this, treating depression, as well as just some personal experience yeah. with this. So c- would you just kind of share your story? Absolutely. About that? So can we throw up the picture real quick? So this is my brother, Scott, um, and I love this picture. I think it's a pretty accurate representation of his personality, actually. Um, just a tremendously bright, um, funny guy, very quiet. So this kind of slightly sarcastic, you wanted to listen to him when he was talking because he was going to say something either really profound or really funny. Um, just this major lover of food. Like he would rank order his favorite meals um, and just loved to eat and loved nature. And this is one of the last pictures that I have of the two of us, because on July 28th, 2006, he made a really tragic choice, and he killed himself. And from that point on, my life has never looked the same. Um, And it's not just because it's been 14 years, um, and life has kind of moved forward, but the things that I thought about life and the picture that I had of my future— just it completely was shattered. And so the way I like to think of it is, um, you know, if my life was a piece of pottery, somebody took it out of my hands, lifted it above their head and smashed it on the ground and didn't ask me what I thought. And then I was left trying to kind of put the pieces back together. And there's no way it was ever going to look like it did. And, um, you know, the Japanese have this really beautiful form of art where it's called kintsagi. I think I'm saying it right. Um, but they take lacquer and they mix it with gold dust and they, they paint it. They put this pottery back together, but it never looks like it did. And the hmm. function of it never looked like it did. And so for me, that's how I kind of see my life is that my life has these really cool cracks in it that's kind of gold. Um, and it's been able to be put back together in some way, but it will never look like it did. So I think about things like um, moving to Alaska, you know, and um, working for the Army and all the things that I have done in my life over that time frame. And he never got to see any of it. And he never will get to see any of it. If I get married or have children, like, he's not going to be a part of that. And it's, in, it's really sad for me to think about um, kind of the future and what that looks like. Because if you grew up with a sibling, you have this, like, shared history, right? Like, you know all the stories of the things you did that your parents didn't know about, right? Um, and so I have to tell my parents all that stuff without him around and take the heat for it. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, remember that time that light bulb blew up? Well, you know, like, and so there's just that ability to have that shared history. And, you know, my mom used to tell us, you know, stop fighting. You will be friends one day. And we were just there. We were right at that point um, where we were becoming really good friends. And he was going to come and live with me. And it just kind of got ripped out from underneath me. And things just have never been the same. And there's not a week that goes by that I don't look at his picture in my office or at home or look at something that was his. I found a a t-shirt of his when I was cleaning on New Year's Day for some reason. And I put it on and I just laughed and cried all at the same time. And I sleep with a blanket that is made of all of his clothes and I have since he died. Um, And I probably will until it falls apart. But there is nothing in my life that did not change that day. My relationship with God changed. Um, my relationship with work, um, our, it, it 
impacted our family in so many different ways. My parents, my cousins, my aunt, like it just, yeah, everything is different. So this is personal for you. Absolutely. And I hope for us as a church that this will be personal to you as well. I think that's, that's the thing is, I think one of the, one of the hardest things about 2020 is that people became statistics, yeah. right? So every day you're seeing the death toll rise of COVID-19. You're seeing, you know, these statistics thrown out there and they mean nothing to you until it's your friend, right. until it's your mother, until it's your father or your sibling, right? And so this is one of those things that every single year, the statistics in Alaska are terrible uh, for suicide. And we see this, uh, 1.4 million Americans attempted suicide um, in the past year. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people, 1.4 million attempts of suicide. Um, I think of our teenagers. Uh, it's the number one cause of death for teenagers in Alaska is suicide. And so um, that's, a, that's a major thing that we want to have uh, is something that we as a church take personally, okay? Is that these are people that we know and love, and if we don't know them, we certainly still love them, yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, and so that's kind of our goal is to take some steps forward in this. And um, so how do we start to notice these things in people's lives? Like, yeah. like you kind of had a graphic to show. Yeah, so like, I'm going to show this graphic um, that's going to come up. And so this is um, it's called the Interpersonal Relationship Theory on Suicide, okay? Um, and it's developed by a guy by the name of Thomas Joyner. He's a researcher at a Florida State University. He's a suicidologist, um, which, yeah. Yes, there are people who actually study this. Um, and he got into the field because his dad killed himself, and he wanted to know why do people kill themselves. And so he did this research, and he wrote this book called Why People Die by Suicide, and came up with this model. And so what we're looking at here on the far left, it talks about perceived burdensomeness. And I want to emphasize the word perceived here, okay? Um, but this is where people believe that they have no value added, um, that they are taking from their family, from their community, that they have nothing to offer them. It could be that, you know, they just lost their job or they have some sort of medical concern. Um, for guys that work on, you know, that I work with, it's, you know, they get on profile because they can't do something physically at work. And so now they can't jump out of planes or do their jobs. And so it's this perception that I am a burden. Okay. And then if we go over to the right and we look at this low sense of belonging. So these are people who tend to be very socially isolated. This isn't people who are shy, okay? So the shy people in the room are like, wait a second. Um, but this is more <laughs> about social isolation. So these are the people who are kind of on the periphery, okay? They don't, they don't engage. It could be that they recently had a divorce or a death of a child or a loved one. And so this sense of connectedness is broken. So they don't have this sense of belonging. And then at the bottom, we have this capability, or you'll hear me kind of use the word capacity sometimes for suicide. And so what Joyner talks about is he uses two examples. And one of them is the spaceship Columbia. Um, so I don't remember, I think it was like 2003. Um, but the spaceship Columbia was coming back into Earth, and it broke up over Texas, and everyone died. And NASA was like, big investigation, right? Like what just happened here? And what happened was something that has occurred on just about every single space shuttle flight that has occurred since they started launching into space called foam strikes. And when the you know, shuttle goes off, the foam tiles fall off and it hits different things. And what happened in this case is it punctured a massive hole in the wing of the shuttle and gas and stuff got in there and it exploded. Well, foam strikes were something that they've known about for decades. Okay, for a really long time. And it became this known risk, okay, this known thing and this knowledge that it would just kind of existed. And the next one that he brings up is Kurt Cobain. So Nirvana fans in the house? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. So those of you who don't know who Kurt Cobain is, because they are people, which is crazy. Um, he was the lead singer of a band called Nirvana, and he actually killed himself. And what they looked at when they looked at his life is they saw that there was a man who hated drugs, was terrified of heights, and refused to shoot guns. And what happened was is he acquired this capacity, this capability in this, where he was an IV drug user. He used to climb up scaffolding um, during concerts and dangle over the side. And he ended up shooting himself. So what we know is that this capability or capacity can be acquired. Um, so if you've ever learned to shoot a gun, 
you've got a capability. You have a capacity to do that. So what we see is where these two things, perceived burdensomeness and low belonging, this is people's desire to die, okay? The desire for suicide. Where those intersect with a capability for suicide, this is where lethal suicide attempts occur. And... You know, I'm not going to say it's 100% accurate, but I'm going to tell you it's really accurate. Um, and this is something that I teach on base. Um, this is something that we talk about quite frequently in our work. And I'm, I'm assessing people of where they, they fit in this because this is accurate. And what's really exciting, this is where I geek out, what's really exciting about this is we have the ability to intervene. Mm, come on. We yeah. have the ability to stop this. And that is the most exciting part of your morning, okay? Because we can do something about it. This sense of burdensomeness, we're not taking on people's burdens. What we're doing is we're going to come alongside and we're going to hold up their arms for them for a little bit because their arms are tired. So we're not taking their burden from them. We're supporting them in that. This low sense of belonging, my goodness, has that not skyrocketed with COVID? We're so socially disconnected. We don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. Like I was mentioning to Britt, I was like, this feels weird being in here. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like it just feels so strange, that social isolation. We have the ability to step into that. Mm -hmm. So think about those people that are on your phone that you text that, you know, you're always kind of doing this with. The top four people that you don't live with, when was the last time you talked to them? Like picked up the phone, that's what it's there for. It actually can talk through it and actually talked to (laughs) them, okay? Um, My friend Brooke and I, we have a kind of a deal that if we don't see each other at some point during the week because we do outposts and life groups together, that we're, we're, you know, we're doing something. I'm on the phone with her or we're Marco polling. We are seeing each other. And so we have the ability to step into this. So think about those people in your life that just don't have this place to belong. Mm. Look at where we're sitting. We're sitting in a place where everyone is welcome. We want everyone to be here, right? We want this place to be a place where people belong. Welcome home, right? Mm -hmm. We're in this together. So this ability to do these two things, that is where we get to intervene. And that, to me, is incredibly exciting. One of the things, just thank you for that. As you come to church, I don't know, like, what drives you or if you're at an outpost today to get out of bed and show up. Um, but normally most of the thoughts, um, I mean, it's natural, are uh, about ourselves, right? right? Do I feel like going? Do I want to be there? Is there something in it for me? What if you showing up today was about somebody else? What if it's about the person that you just randomly sat next to today? And what if you just saying hi and building a connection could save somebody's life? And so we really believe this. I believe this is, you know, we talk a lot about finding your people at ACF. Um, well, you, you are somebody else's people. Yeah. And when, you, when you're not engaged, when you're just like, hey, I'm going to show up when I feel like it or show up to outposts when, you know, when the roads are perfect or whatever, like you guys risked your lives to show up today. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But you showed up and, and, and take another step because you really could uh, make a massive difference in somebody's life. And so I, I try to help people understand this all the time. Church is not about you. Right? This is about somebody else here and, and shining the light for somebody, holding yeah. the light for somebody else today. And just you being next to them makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Um, so that's huge. So <laughs> what are a few basic things? So um, yeah. how can we start to get better? What are some yeah. things that we can start to do uh, to move forward? Yeah, so there's a couple things. Um, again, take this information to the people that, you know, your medical providers, your mental health providers. That's really important. But some other things is eat good food. I know, it's hard. Eat something green and leafy, okay? Like, just, just do it. Your mama was right. You need to eat it's your greens. too personal. I know, I'm sorry. Personal. I'm sorry. But, like, I, I, will, I will tell my guys, I'm like, a piece of lettuce on a burger counts, okay? Like, just, but eat the lettuce, okay? Like, you have to eat some decent food. When you're super depressed, you just want to, like, carb load, okay? Like, I get it. Like, I love me some chips, right? But um, you need to eat some good food. You need to get good sleep. Put your phone down, okay? Don't take it to bed with you. Plug it in the charger. Put it across the room. It'll help you get out of bed because you know your alarm's going to go off, right? You got to go get it. Put your phone down, okay? Don't be looking and don't deep dive into the Facebook video. Like, I'll tell you, yeah, don't if that's, do it. If that's the first thing I look at, 
in the morning, I'm depressed all day long. Anybody yeah. else feel that? Like I've been starting to make a limit that I don't look at any kind of social media or anything online for at least an hour after yeah. I get up because it's just like it's so bad. Yeah, sickening. So. Yeah, don't read the news in bed. You know, don't watch Facebook videos. Like, go to sleep at a decent time. Okay. Yep. I am a person. I'm an eight hours a night kind of girl. Anything less than that, and I'm super cranky. So, like, I it's something that's really important. So get good sleep. Engage in hobbies, the things that you really like to do. I understand that we're still kind of in the COVID scenario and there's stuff with that and it makes it kind of hard in some ways, but you got to get up off the couch. Okay. You got to get up and do things. So, you know, if you're looking around and you're like, there's that dish that needs to be taken to the kitchen, get up, take the dish to the kitchen. And when you get there, you're going to have some energy because you've gotten up. Now maybe unload the dishwasher. Now you're like, okay, I can load the dishwasher. And the next thing you know, you've got some things that are going for you. So a lot of times when we're depressed, we have to act our way into a better way of feeling because if you want to sit on the couch, you're just going to stay there and you're going to like become one with the leather. Okay. So you got to get up, you got to move. Okay. Um, And then, you know, we talked about going and finding somebody to talk to, seek some help. Okay. Your, your medical providers are great people. Okay. Go and see them. If you haven't been, go take this information and talk with them because then again, they can talk with you about what's going on and maybe it's not depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's something different and they can give you an idea of what kind of treatment options that there is because this is the reality guys. Okay. I want to work myself out of a job might sound kind of crazy, but I want to work myself out of a job because everybody goes and takes care of themselves. And I don't want there to be another sister who lost their brother because we didn't do something. So get up, go take this information and do something because it does not have to feel like this. What you feel Hmm. right now, it does not have to stay that way. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great word. So for, here's, here's the thing. For us in the room here today, I want to say two things. First, um, you've got to be willing to get some hope. In ACF Church, we as ACF want to give some hope, okay? So these are just two important things. You have got to be willing to get up off the seat and, and get some hope today because it is available to you. I promise you that there's hope available to you. It may not begin with talking to somebody you don't know. It may begin with talking to a close friend or talking to somebody here or calling for a pastor just to talk to. But you need to talk to somebody. And then we as a church, like we feel a burden. I feel a burden. We as a leadership team feel a burden to help out with this. And so, and I actually shared a while back, like, um, Getting, getting help professionally is something that there's a stigma attached to that. And so I've shared from the front, our family, my wife and I, we've gotten some help before. We've gone to therapy before, and it's been so helpful. Honestly, I think everybody should go to therapy at some point in their lives. And, and, and you got to get over the stigma because it's just something, like Tammy said, that sometimes helps. It's, it's, like, it's treatment like any other part of your body would need treatment. And so um, here's a really big deal. This is really exciting. So we're launching something brand new here uh, today at ACF, and it's called Hope to Alaska. And uh, yeah, you're already excited about it. It's good. You're like, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. So here's what we're going to do. As we started seeing this need and as we identified that there's all of these people who could use some help, um, what you need to know, like as pastors, we're not licensed counselors. You know, and we realize that. And sometimes you need somebody to talk to that, that can help you walk through some very deep burdens. And, uh, and we want to help you with that. And so oftentimes somebody will go, I know I need to get some help. I know I need to get some counseling. My marriage is falling apart. I'm, I'm feeling these depressed feelings. But the biggest reason people don't get the help they need is they say this, it's just too expensive. My, my, my uh, insurance doesn't cover it or whatever. I, I, can't, I can't get the help I need because it's too expensive. And so what we as a leadership team said is that, oh, we can do something about that. And, and the question that we started uh, thinking about was, what if, what if we could actually help people to get the counseling they need? And as a church community, what if we could help pay for them to get uh, Christian counseling from somebody that would lead them to the truth of Jesus, but also lead them to have answers to the questions that they have and walk them through some of these thoughts? And so today we're launching something called Hope to Alaska. You're seeing the t-shirts around here today. And uh, basically, here's, this is just simply how it works, is that you can go to hopetoalaska.com and you can either clip, click uh, Get Hope or Give Hope. 
If you click Get Hope, it's going to lead you to a little form, and we're just going to ask for a little bit of information from you. And what that's going to do is, is somebody's going to contact you and then connect you with a licensed counselor in our area, and then we're going to help get you the help that you need and help financially take care of that burden uh, for you. And so then there's a button that says Give Hope. And so if you click that button, you're, you can buy a t-shirt, and uh, you, can, you can buy the t-shirt, you can donate whatever you'd like. We've got some t-shirts in the lobby as well. Um, we honestly don't know what this is, is going to turn into. Uh, this could get kind of crazy, because we know that right now we're walking into one of the darkest seasons in the state of Alaska, but we just thought, what if we could make a difference in people's lives right now? And you need to know, counseling isn't cheap, right? No, it's not. A, a, a session, we were talking about it this week, it costs between $100 and $200 for a session. Okay? So that's, that's the, that is the cost. It's legitimate cost. But at the same time, we as a church feel like we can actually make a difference. And throughout COVID-19, many of you have been giving to what's called our care fund. And so we already have a certain amount of money that's available for this. And so we're ready for some of you to sign up today. But also, if you'd like to give some hope, you can go on that website. You can buy a shirt or there's a link to click if you'd just like to donate to that. And 100% of all of that money is going to go to help pay for people's counseling. And so we're really excited about that. Yeah. A couple of questions you might have just real quick as we close this up. Um, first, uh, what if they don't go to church? That's okay. They don't have to go to church. If you have somebody that needs this, send them our way. Um, we're, we're, we care about humans. We care about people. We believe that every person matters. And so they don't have to go to church. What if they aren't Christians? That's okay. They don't need to be Christians. Um, does it have to be about depression? No, it could be about something else. If you have an eating disorder, right? If, if you're struggling with self-harm in one way or another, um, it could be about your marriage and you just need some help. That's okay. Whatever the, the need may be, if it's PTSD, whatever the need may, may be, we want to see if we can get you some help. And if it is depression and suicidal thoughts, absolutely. Today needs to be your day that you click that button and say, hey, I need some, some hope today. And we're going to do whatever we can to try to get you the help you need. And so um, you all have a job to do today, okay? So does, it, does that make sense? Everybody in the room, everybody online, you have a job to do, whether it's to give some hope or to get some hope today. You need to click that button and uh, engage with that as well. You can also, like I said, get a t-shirt in the lobby. Here's the deal. We believe this with all of our heart, that one more suicide is too many. One more is too many. Can we just believe that here as a church today and say, we can help with this and we can lead people to, to, to get the help they need professionally, but also more than anything, we want to lead them to Jesus. And so we believe he is the hope of the world. He is what people long for. And so give Tammy a hand, would you? Thank you, Tammy. So we're going to move into worship here for just a moment. And also, once again, baptism. Maybe you're like, all right. Life's short. Um, I've never been baptized. If today's your day, we would love to baptize you. We have everything you need in the lobby. If you haven't signed up, we've got you covered. And so uh, that is for you. And we're going to do this once a month, all right? But if today's your day, do not walk out of here without getting baptized. We'd love to do that. Would you just stand up? I want to read Romans 15, 13 over you. Just says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you that you are the hope that we need. God, thanks, thanks for this moment and this opportunity to both get some hope as well as give some hope, God. Um, I honestly believe that uh, if, if we can do something to save one person's life this, this spring, God, it's, it's all going to be worth it. And ultimately, God, we know that you are what we need. God, you are the hope that we need. And so, Father, would you lead people to the help they need? And God, would you ultimately lead the people in our community who are hopeless to, to Jesus? Um, God, use us for that. We know that we are, uh, we are the tool that, you've, that you use to, to change the world, God. And so we're just thankful for that, God, that you would choose to invite us into other people's suffering. God, it's just a privilege and, and an honor to be a part of that. So God, I pray for every individual in the room, God, that you would show them what their next step is. You show them what they're to do today with this knowledge. God, we know we all have a job to do. God, thank you that you did your job. Thank you that you sent your son. God, thank you that you died on a cross for us. 
Thank you that you set us free from both sin and death. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, We hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.